1: Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And Tom, we have a great guest with us we today. Do. We, we do. We have an experienced radio a veteran. Very experienced. Of radio. He's, he's a pro. And this guy has not only a he's got a face for TV as well. I don't he know does. how much TV stuff he probably does. does, but you know we, we
2: need to stick to the radio. Well, we got the radio faces. <laughs> we can put it. We'll just put the camera on him. Well,
1: that's exactly right. Well, we are joined by none other than Father Dave Dwyer. Father Dave is uh, uh, host of the nightly program, or the, I guess at weeknights, is that when it is? Father Dave? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Busted Halo Show. The Busted Halo Show. That's so, cool. Father Dave, welcome to the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I love
2: being in a corner booth. We don't usually have a food and waitresses and uh, stuff. While I'm doing the radio show, I kind of like it, actually.
1: You don't have like a little coffee machine in the corner that kind of has like six-month-old grinds <laughs> in it and stuff like that? that- <laughs> there may be. I haven't seen it. Well, you know what? Many of our listeners here at the Catholic Cafe may not be totally familiar, and shame on them for not knowing about the (laughs) Catholic uh, uh, Cafe's uh, great guest here, Father Dave Dwyer, but tell us a little bit about... Uh, the Busted Halo Show. What is the Busted? What is the Busted Halo? What's that all about? Well, because-
2: the Busted Halo is a lot of different things. Uh, it is a ministry of the Paulist Fathers. I am a Paulist. We are a small uh, American order, religious order. We are the first uh, order of religious priests founded here in the United States by a New Yorker, a convert to Catholicism, Father Isaac Hecker, who is now. Servant of God, our founder is on the track for St. Wow, Jordan.
1: awesome! We'll be praying for him. He's
2: not as close to uh, St. As-, as, let's say, uh, Cardinal Newman or Mother right. Teresa, but you know he's uh, <laughs> he's starting out. He's got potential. He's <laughs> got potential. And what he really saw the potential in, and this was one of his um, one of his real maxims, was we need to relay these old truths of Christianity in new forms. So old truths in new forms, and certainly there was no such thing as podcasting or satellite radio in his day in the 19th century. That's right. But I think he uh, would be right on board with what you guys are doing and what we've been doing with Busted Halo. It really started as a ministry to young adults, those in their 20s and 30s. And we know both from... Uh, secular research, as well as our own church s- s- statistics, that people in that age group from eighteen to thirty-nine are more and more every year saying that they're not belongers; that they're they're right. they are believers but
1: not belongers. They're spiritual but they don't want to be religious. They're spiritual but not religious, right. and
2: so we are literally losing them by the the busloads. And so, the Paulist Fathers uh, in the late nineteen nineties, uh, after a, a document from the U.S. bishops that was called "Sons and Daughters." of the light that said we really need to reach out here in the united states we Mm -hmm. need to reach out to young adults the paulist fathers responded by creating a a national ministry and putting some resources behind that one of my predecessors paulist and a layperson started up and they asked young people okay well if our ministry isn't uh, to people that are in church because they're not in church where should we go how should we do that ministry and in the year 2000 when they were starting up everybody said you need to be on the internet Hmm. Yeah. That's where folks are. So they created BustedHalo.com. That was the first uh, peg, let's say, of our media empire, if you want to call (laughs) it, uh, was the BustedHalo.com, and it still is in existence today. I would say it's very robust and has grown greatly in the last 10 years. It is a resource for spiritual seekers that... Just like the best of anything in church, where we invite people in with something that's attractive and tasteful. You know how when you do youth group, you let them play around, uh, play some sports for a while, and then you sit them down and talk about Jesus? Or college students, if you feed them, they will come. You know, you're like pizza. Well, it's kind of like that. We have stories on everyday life, pop culture, movies, politics, and it is written by Catholics. But it's not a website that when you arrive at it, you see, you know, necessarily like a lot of Catholic saints or people praying the rosary right away. Right. But once we get them in the door, then we kind of help them to reconnect with their Catholic identity and then offer resources for the inevitable questions that we know will come for somebody that's maybe reconnecting with the Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. So um, so we have a question box. We've got resources in our Googling God section. So if you're looking for God on the Internet, uh, BustedHalo.com is the place to go. And then a few years back, we started podcasting. And then soon after that, the radio show on uh, satellite radio on Sirius and XM five nights a week.
1: Now, do you have to have a busted halo to listen to this thing? Because, you know, Tom here, his halo is really nice and round and <laughs> wow, thank shiny. You. Thank you. <laughs> so I don't so get that very what, often. what is a guy like Tom going to get out of this show if he doesn't have a busted
2: halo? Tom, your halo's looking good.
1: Thank you. Appreciate but I that. bet if we looked close. My mom will appreciate that, too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Now, I know that you get a lot of people, especially on your, uh, your radio show. Yes. That you get—that's what it's all about, right? People calling in and and talking and just kind of keeping that conversation going. You yeah. probably get a lot of emails and a lot of <laughs> we, questions, don't you? We do. We, uh, in fact, when we started the the podcast, because
2: my uh, I had worked in, in radio in college and then uh, our. Uh, Associate director of Busted Halo Ministries at the time had also, he came out, he came to us. He was a parish volunteer in, in a young adult program, but he came to us from, from radio. So a lot of people that knew us said, You guys really should do some sort of podcast. And we started thinking, Well, what should we do? Should we like read the scripture readings? Should we, you know, talk about Mass? And every time we ever did anything with young adults, when we offered the opportunity for them to ask just basic questions, that's what they loved. Right. They loved our mail in question box on bustedhalo.com. So we said, Well, our podcast let's just ask uh, have people ask questions and we'll uh, we'll take a swipe at answering them and then that's you know we do that about a half an hour a week and people can leave a message on a voicemail when satellite radio called and said gee we'd love to see the busted halo going out to all our millions of subscribers we then took it live so essentially five nights a week for three hours i pick up the phone and who's ever on the other end asked me some sort of question of faith
1: you know, and our church has lots of questions, and it doesn't it? <laughs> we've, we've got I, I guess it says maybe that we we maybe as a church, maybe had some problems in teaching our faith over the last forty or fifty years, because it seems sure. everybody's got some really good questions today there's, there's also a lot of it also. The, the, you know there's a lot to take in, even in seminary i
2: don 't think I, yeah. I got it all in fact when i 'm asking or answering trying to ask <laughs> trying to answer questions every night. There's a lot of stuff that somebody will call in and go, you know, I just don't know that. Thankfully,
1: we have deacons like you and <laughs> yeah. canon lawyers and priests that
2: are also listening. They'll call in and go, you know what, Father Dave? Here's the answer to that question. That yeah, by. I wish
1: I knew all the answers. Trust me. Trust mm-hmm. me. Now, I get a lot of emails here at the Catholic Cafe. Great. now. Not nearly as many as you probably get. In fact, the first year, I think all the emails came from my mom. <laughs> Dear Deacon Jeff, you're my favorite deacon. Uh, your show is my favorite show. Uh, but now we've gotten many more because we have lots of different listeners all over the world, uh, and they've got good questions. And so mm-hmm. I thought I would, I would clear my email disk a little <laughs> bit here so I didn't have to actually take the time to reply. And I thought, well, maybe Father Dave Dwyer would be the one to help me answer just a couple of these real quick questions. Uh, I'd be happy to. And maybe they aren't going to be quick. <laughs> well, see, when I always tell the
2: listeners, because they call and they say, Father, I have a quick question. The yeah. questions are almost always quick. It's the yeah. answer. It's the
1: answer. <laughs> it, well, that's <laughs> yeah, exactly all right. right. That's all right. Well, you know, we, we may have people to have to – if you want to go to the refrigerator now and get a snack, this uh-huh. would be the time because, you know, this is going to be a long answer, I think. <laughs> exactly. Let, well, let, let's read this first one. This comes from, uh, this comes from Rachel, and Rachel is uh, in Maryland. Hi, Deacon Jeff. I just c- discovered the Catholic Cafe and have been listening to a couple of your talks. I stumbled across this when I was trying to find out about Satan and heaven. I guess that means she was Googling Satan, and somehow Catholic Cafe came up. <laughs> that's, that, that could be problematic. That's, uh, that's scary for me. But her question is this. Does Satan still have access to heaven? In the New Testament, we hear that no sin can enter into heaven, and we believe this. Uh, but as Satan obviously rebelled against God, would he not be able to enter in heaven because that is a sin, correct? And she goes on. She talks a little bit about relationship with her husband. She says, my husband and I are discussing this. He believes Satan can freely access heaven because as we see in Job, he and the other sons of God presented themselves before God. When God asked him where he's been, he says, earth roving to and from. My husband claims that since Satan said earth that this means he is not on earth anymore. Thus, as God is not in hell, Satan must be in heaven. And so, Father Dave, we have to know, where is where is Satan based on what we're finding out here in Job? <laughs> let's, let's help Rachel out with her understanding, because she says, to me, this just doesn't make any sense. These are good questions, that people are probably thinking, well, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. So I imagine some of this has to do with how we interpret Scripture, right? Well, I mean, we're going uh, to...
2: Is it Rachel that we're... Uh, it's Rachel. Rachel... We, can we start with a short answer? Sure. Rachel, you're right and your husband's wrong.
1: <laughs> That's always the safe approach. That's worked for me in my marriage.
2: <laughs> but you are right, Deacon Jeff, in that it really does depend heavily on what we take the Bible to be. And the Bible, the word Bible literally means, as I'm sure your listeners know, Deacon Jeff, they pay attention every week, that it means that it is a library. And if you walk into a library here in our modern times, there's going to be different sections of the library. You're going to see the reference section. You're going to see the fiction section and the poetry section. And all of those different types of writing are contained in this one book. That we call the Bible that happens to have the same binder, so it looks like a single piece of literature,
1: but it's really not. Are you telling me it didn't come down from heaven and it, it was sitting did. on a rock found somewhere and it had these beautiful gilded edges with the little tabs in it told the you what books? Right. That uh, all that didn't
2: come together like that. It, it did not come together like that. And the book of Job is a very good example of uh, when we say that we believe as Catholics, along with all Christians, that all scripture is inspired by God and is true. Right. Now true is different from factual. There are a lot of different ways that we can learn truth. And people learn the truth about love and life. And some of those biggest questions that we'll ever ask, we're not going to find the answer to in an almanac or on CNN or the New York Times. Those are things we're going to learn in other ways. And the biblical writers that were inspired by God, knew that more, I think, more instinctively than we do as modern people. Because as modern people, we want to turn on Fox News or whatever is our source, whether it's the Internet or the Huffington Post or something, and we want to see, give me the facts right away, and I want to watch a live video of what's going on, and then I know. They didn't have any of that. And and we tend to think, I think, maybe even just in the back of our minds, that we're more sophisticated and more advanced. But you know what? I think in certain ways, in terms of learning about truth through other things other than, Empirical science and fact and measurable reporting That they had it up on us Because they used a lot of different ways to teach truth So the book of Job is an example of Something that we don't necessarily believe Is an event From history. So he's not a reporter
1: reporter saying, and then someone, and I was looking here and I saw, and then he raised yeah. Exactly. Because, I mean, it doesn't even make sense that that
2: would be. I mean, how could some human witness a conversation between God and Satan? That doesn't even make sense. So uh, all of what Rachel's husband is doing is using all these logical deductions. Well, if he's not there, then he's almost like a mathematical empirical proof. And he's trying to draw that. From something that was not designed to do that now what the book of job is teaching us is that there we all know people like job in our lives don't we who are good upstanding people and for some reason bad things also happen to them
1: oh yeah and job has his share of them and job has lots (laughs) and
2: we probably know people that have lots like that and so that is a truth that that book teaches us it When she talked about the Old and the New Testament, we understand that in general, let's say they are very different types of literature. But we also need to know specifically about what book we're looking at when we're doing that. I would say I would give one piece of response to Rachel that she can give to her husband which is also from scripture if that's really where he's drawing and that is the story that Jesus tells of Lazarus who was begging at the table of the rich man and they both died and Jesus says there is a chasm between one and the other and nobody can move from one to the other nobody not Satan not Lazarus not a sinful man nobody can move back and forth between heaven and hell so the answer is no Satan does not have access to heaven and the dialogue that's described in the book of Job is teaching us a truth in by use of story right. for the same reason that, you know, was there a guy named Jonah actually living in the belly of a fish for three days? Our answer as Catholics is... It doesn't matter if that factually happened. We're learning the truth from it, and most likely it probably didn't happen.
1: And you can apply the same principle to the story of Adam and Eve in the Garden of, of Eden. Course. In of terms course. of how that was displayed. Obviously, we know we had two parents, but what did they look like? What did they say? How did that happen? Was there actually uh, a physical snake on the ground? And, you know, how did all that stuff take place? Or is that some good story? And the Catholic Church leaves us lots of room, I think, in terms of, a personal understanding and, and, and faith there, uh, and seeing the truth and, and realizing that the Bible is a wonderful history of salvation, but not necessarily a wonderful history book. Yeah, uh, appreci- appreciating the
2: fact that people, even today, learn in a lot of different ways. I, I like to use the song, uh, as an example, Puff the Magic Dragon. Yeah. Are there really <laughs> dragons that exist? Well, no, we can prove that empirically, that they don't and they didn't, but... Do we learn a truth from that song that little boys outgrow their toys eventually in life? Of course. That's a truth that's universal to everyone. And so we learn that through the song in the same way with Job or uh, the Garden of Eden or the Jonah and the whale. That's what those are intended to do. It's not God deceiving us because it is truth, but it's not factual or historical.
1: I knew we couldn't do this show, Tom, without uh, Father Dave bringing some kind of pop culture into this. Good uh, stuff. You now, that's wonderful, <laughs> Father Dave. Thank you so much for the insight. We have a, another email we'd like to talk about. We're going to do that right after this uh, break. But first, I want to remind everyone of our wonderful website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. But also, they can email me at deaconjeff at com. That's if they have some good things to say. If they have something, a problem or a, <laughs> an issue with the church or anything else, they should email Father Dave at bustedhalo <laughs> at the catholic. Very dot- good org <laughs> Busted Halo at the I'm trying Catholic to say Ch- it so they can hear me. Very good. I understand. Bustedhalo
2: you- at dot org.
1: Very wonderful. I hope everyone emails you. Nice, yeah. things. Thank nice you. things. Thank you. Thank uh, you. We'll be right back after this.
0: I'm Bestra Zimski and this is another great moment in church history. Oferduccio was born in 1194, the daughter of a count and countess. When only 18 years old, she heard the preaching of St. Francis of Assisi and was moved to follow the way of the Franciscan brothers and vow herself to a life of poverty, forsaking all the worldly comforts that her family could offer her. She gave herself totally to God, her eternal spouse. Upon the insistence of her friend St. Francis, St. Clair founded the Order of Poor Ladies, later called the Poor Clares. The Poor Clares lived a life of extreme austerity and of absolute poverty. Instead of beds, they slept on twigs with blankets of hemp. The old walls and ceilings were laden with cracks, and the cold and wet weather seeped through. They relied totally on God's generosity to survive. They devoted themselves to prayer in silence. St. Clair's love of the Eucharist was well known. She looked to the presence of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament as her dearest love. She found great strength in receiving our Lord in Holy Communion and spent many an hour in Eucharistic adoration. Referring to adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, St. Clair said, Gaze upon Him, consider Him, contemplate Him as you desire to imitate Him. And she took her own advice to heart. Of St. Clair, Pope John Paul the Great said, Her whole life was a Eucharist, because from her cloister, she raised up continual thanksgiving to God in her prayer, praise, supplication, intercession, weeping, offering, and sacrifice. There are many miracles associated with St. Clair. Tradition tells of an attack from hordes of Saracen mercenaries who were advancing on the convent. She displayed a monstrance containing the Blessed Sacrament and prayed intently before it. Suddenly and inexplicably, the Saracens retreated. Later in her life, her health began to seriously fail. On Christmas Eve, she was not able to attend Holy Mass at the newly constructed Basilica of St. Francis. Instead, God permitted St. Clair to see the entire Mass in a clear and perfect vision on the wall of her small cell. It's no wonder that for this miracle she was named the Patroness of Television. Just before dawn on August the 11th, in the year 1253, St. Clair, foundress of the poor Clares, passed quietly into the welcoming arms of Jesus. I'm Bess Droszymski, and this has been another great moment in church history. Welcome back to The Catholic Café, Here's Deacon Jeff.
1: And welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. We're still sitting in the luxurious corner booth. I'm joined here with Tom Doran, my co host, but also with Father Dave Dwyer. Of the Busted Halo world.
2: I was able to have a piece of pie in the booth during that little break. That was good great. Was, yeah. was it tasty?
1: All right, yeah. very good. No calories in that pie, by the I love way. That. <laughs> love that. Love <laughs> that. Good. Uh, so, Father Dave, I know there are people that want to know more about Busted Halo, want to sure. know about how to get in touch with you and with with mm-hmm. all the folks there at the Busted Halo and what the various resources they might be able sure. to find there. Tell us a little bit about how to get in touch.
2: The easiest way is bustedhalo.com. If you are interested, uh, like folks that are listening to your show, either via the podcast or on the relevant radio or the many other ways they hear your show. We do have a lot of audio options. We have actually four podcasts. One is a half hour weekly show kind of like you all are doing here called the Busted Halo Cast. And you can download that right from the, the website BustedHalo.com Of course, you can search on iTunes. There you go. Where everybody needs to be. We also have, uh, my homilies are all up there as a separate podcast. I just happen I slap on a microphone every time I preach. So if you want to hear what that's like, both the ups and the downs. Yeah. It's everything. We don't just put the I'm good sure stuff up. sure
1: it's all ups. Yeah. It's
2: all ups. And we also have a third a podcast, so therefore you can listen for free. You can listen to it right on BustedHalo.com which is segments from our satellite radio show. Realizing that not everybody has a subscription to satellite radio. If you do have Sirius or XM, we're on the Catholic channel which is 159 on Sirius and 117 on XM. Busted Halo show is on 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 4 to 7 on the West Coast. And But like I said some of the best questions of faith that we get maybe some of our best guests we put up
1: uh, for free as podcasts at BustedHalo.com Well let's continue on with some of our uh, some of our email questions here and here this one comes from chad and chad is in california hi deacon jeff my name is chad i'm a new listener to the show i absolutely love it the shows are informative and lots of fun i just want to read that part because father dave was here here's his here's his question i do have a question he says i am a revert to the catholic faith after spending about seven years in a non-denominational protestant church and he goes on to say the subject is the atonement I held for a very long time to the substitutionary atonement theory, one that an R.C. Sproul and the like would hold. What are the differences between a Protestant understanding of Christ's atonement and the Catholic view? Anything to help shed some light on this would be much appreciated. Thank you so very much, Chad. So what do we say about the difference between the Protestant view of atonement and the Catholic view of atonement? First, we should try what is atonement? What is atonement? I say uh, let's let Tom start. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Tom is a tone deaf, and so he's, he's not- good. <laughs> He's not going to be able to answer that as well. (laughs) And and I would say, given that uh,
2: typically I have three hours to answer questions on my show, we have about six minutes. So I would say, rather than doing a comparison left and right, uh, obviously, our uh, person who emailed in, what's his name? Uh, This is Chad. Chad. Chad knows R.C. Sproul's uh, theology. So let's leave that to Chad. And we'll just talk about, I mean, our Catholic sense of atonement, meaning that our sins are washed away and forgiven, is really, uh, we would agree with all Christians, pretty much all Christians obviously can't speak for every christian but we would agree with christian theology that it is only in christ's sacrifice that our sins are forgiven we don't work our way uh to to our sins being forgiven we don't do stuff so that god has some sort of checks and balances system and say well they did three nice things today so i'll forgive three sins we as catholics we do unfortunately tend to want to quantify stuff like that and Years off of purgatory and all that kind of stuff. And yet, really, when it comes to atonement, that we are completely forgiven of our sins in the Psalms, it says that God puts our sins as far away from us as east is from west. Yeah. And that's far. That's That's, far. That's completely (laughs) far. So atonement means that because Jesus... It took on all of our sins on the cross that we don't have to work our way away from that. Now, then, you know, Chad or others might say, well, you could, Catholics do all this stuff with ritual and you have, you have the sacrament of reconciliation and penance and all that. Those are all celebrations of God's forgiveness. It's ways that, in which we humanly uh, are healed from our sins, but they have no effect on whether or not
1: we are atoned for our sins ourselves. Right. We agree with, with everyone, every yeah. Christian, that Christ did it all. That he – in fact, if he hadn't done it, we couldn't do it. It's not possible. He is the only – he's the perfect sacrifice, right? He is the only sacrifice that God would accept. That's himself, Mm -hmm. right? We we don't rise to that level. There's nothing we can do. Uh, In that respect. But the confusion comes in, obviously, is when when maybe someone who's not Catholic, and maybe even some Catholics, get a little confused with what we're doing when we do these things, when we do good works, because the Bible talks about good works. And then there's this confusing passage that St. Paul, when he's writing to the Colossians, he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. So St. Paul says, Something's lacking in Christ's afflictions. And that would might make some people mm-hmm. think, oh, that means we've got we got to do the work. God, Christ couldn't do it himself.
2: Christ did it all. You were right. Christ did it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I mean, this is another example we were talking about a few minutes ago about how uh, somebody in the ancient world would use rhetoric and the ways right. in which we're translating that. I mean, I think if you look at Paul's theology, Paul does not in any other way say that Christ's sacrifice was incomplete. Right. So in the same way that you and I might say that you know we are lacking because somebody who we love is missing doesn 't necessarily mean that you know physically we lack something he 's trying to get us to realize that our suffering that we all experience is joined to. And our suffering is made complete by Christ's
1: suffering. So it's almost a reversal of the way it sounds. And also I think we can look at this and realize that St. Paul wants us to get off our duffs and do exactly. something. Right? Exactly. He doesn't want us sitting around in Macy, maybe just calling out, Lord, Lord. We, we've right. got to do something. Right. We've got right. to do something for uh, to participate, uh, a full and active participation, right? Well, and Thomas Aquinas would say
2: that grace... Uh, one of our great doctors of the church, that grace is a complete uh, free gift from God and nothing we could do should earn that grace. But we cooperate with grace. We have to. If somebody hands you a gift and you don't even touch it and you let it drop to the floor, well, then that gift shatters into many pieces on the floor. God is trying to give us a gift. At the very least... We have to cooperate with that by taking and hanging on to the gift. And we would say as Catholics, we cooperate in a lot of different ways. The ways in which we worship, we forgive one another, we celebrate sacraments. So those are all cooperating with God's free and unmerited
1: gift of grace. That's right. Again, full and active participation. We We want Catholics who are active, who are doing stuff, and not sitting around... Uh, Letting other people do it. And I think that sometimes can be confused even by – some Catholics might get a little superstitious or as you mentioned before, how many days off in purgatory. We should always be working to uh, uh, better ourselves, to uh, spiritually grow, to love God more. But it's not necessarily that we're ticking off little boxes or we're looking right. at a calendar and right. going, hey, I've got X number of days left mm-hmm. uh, that I need to work off here. Uh, if,
2: and probably an important clarification for Chad and anyone else listening is the example of penance and the sacrament of reconciliation. We believe that that is a part of celebrating that sacrament, but God is not up there with the clipboard, and as soon as we do it, he checks it off and say, okay, now I'll forgive you. God has forgiven us. Jesus Christ atoned for our sins. We do that because we want to, because we've experienced God's grace and it makes us feel so good we want to run outside just like zacchaeus jumping down from the tree and saying i want to do something good because well, jesus did something great for me
1: and it's also the same thing as uh, i like liken the the sacrament of reconciliation to like a a, a conversation between a, a couple of spouses mm-hmm. basically it's i love you right i love yep. you and i love you in return that that penance is us saying that we love god i exactly. mean it's, it's yeah. like you know, if my wife knows that I love her, it, it's nice every once in a while well, if I say it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right? That's right? That's right.
1: I always like to plug my wife whenever I can in this yep. uh, program to make sure people know I love her. And I do. And But the nice thing is to hear it. Right? And, and that's an active, it's a thing that we do. And that's really what penance is in that, mm-hmm. in that sense. Mm-hmm. It's not atoning for our sins. It is not. No, exactly it's right. Not. Well, very, very, very good. And I really appreciate you... Uh, Father Dave, taking the time sure, to come and sure. join us here. And uh, hopefully uh, Chad and Rachel, uh, we answered those questions well enough. If not, then we need to email <laughs> Father Dave, right? Uh, and I'm sure he's going to have uh, – what's your email address again, Father Dave? halo at org. There you go. So send, send any complaints that you have. Uh, and uh, if there were insufficient answers, he'll take care of that <laughs> from this point forward. Uh, but thank you, Father Dave, for sure, sure to join sure. us uh, here in the Luxurious Corner booth. And maybe if you make your way back to the cafe, we'll uh, certainly have you on again. If they
2: have that pie, I'll oh, be back. yeah Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very Always good. have pie. Tom's been eating the pie the whole time while we're talking. Yeah. Guys,
1: and... <laughs> you like him, don't <laughs> yeah, you? I do. He's <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> He's your people right I like here. When I don't have to say it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody else says it. Very good. Father Dave, thanks again. Sure. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, your son Jesus built the church on the rock of St. Peter and promised the apostles that the Holy Spirit would lead it into all truth. Help us to recognize your truth in her and give our ascent of faith to her teaching so that we may live out our lives in the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to